today, and um, we're in Hebrews chapter 13. We're ending the last section, and this is kind of an interesting section. Um, you got to take it in the context of the whole of Hebrews, because when you first read about it, it seems, it would appear, it could appear, there's a lot of focus. It's not directly on Jesus, but in the reality of what we're reading here, we're talking about how we respond to Jesus's leaders in our life. If the whole focus of the book of Hebrews, right, is that we would be anchored to Jesus Christ, that the whole Old Testament, all the Old Covenant, all of the, the old laws, everything pointed toward the coming of the Messiah, of Jesus, the long-anointed, uh, long-awaited, anointed one that was going to be God's king and who's going to reverse all of the, the heartache and the sin in the world. Well, if we realize that all the Old Testament points to Jesus... And we also realize that all the New Testament is about Jesus and refers to him, how our lives will be better if, if he is the anchor of our lives. If you see that, now Hebrews 13, towards the end of the chapter here, starts giving us some practical things that we can do to respond to the people that lead us to Jesus, that lead us to our anchor. That we would take advantage of the spiritual leaders in our life, that their job is to push you to a closer relationship with Jesus. Because here's the thing. The way that you treat your spiritual leaders is reflective of the way that people are going to treat you as their spiritual leader. Because no matter who you are in this congregation here today, if you know Jesus Christ, someone is watching you and someone is watching your faith. And people are watching from the good and the bad, but they're learning, even without you knowing it, there's people that are following you. They're, they're watching because maybe you only accepted Jesus Christ last week. I'm only a Christian a week. I don't even really know too much, but I've been talking about him a little bit, and it's been changing my life. Well, there's people in your life that may not even be Christians, but they're watching you, and they're wondering what's going on in your life, and they're, they're following you. They're looking at your example. So what I want to talk about today, what's in the, the book of Hebrews in the end of chapter 13, is about following our leaders. It's about how to be well-led, how to follow well. And um, we have a responsibility to respond to the people that God has specifically put in our lives to lead to our anchor, Jesus Christ. So I was watching Netflix a couple weeks ago. I watch it like almost every day, actually. Anybody Netflix fans? Come on. It's better than TV. No commercials, right? You know how stoked I was to look at my cable bill yesterday that used to be over $100 and all of that stuff? And I look at it now because I went in a few weeks ago and I said, I'm done with it. Take your cable box back. Take it back. Take away all of those channels. I don't need that. I got Netflix and I got Hulu Plus. That's all I need right there. It's eight bucks a month, whatever. Cut that whole cable bill. And so I went down to basic, basic service. I just want internet. Can I just have internet? And then whatever works on the TV, that's cool. But I don't want to pay for anything extra. And to know that from 100 whatever I was paying before, now I look at the bill, $29.99. Yeah, baby, that's good. Save some money. And I don't have to watch commercials. So I'm a big Netflix fan. So I saw this show. A movie called Don't Stop Believing. It's every man's journey. It's a story of that rock group, Journey. Anybody Journey fans in here? Come on. You grew up in the 80s, the 70s, you know. Don't stop believing. Right? You guys, that, that remind you a little bit? Remember that? And um, Steve Perry at one time was like the best like lead vocalist for that band, Journey. Remember Steve Perry, guys? Oh, Sherry, our love. Hold on, right? That's, uh, that's not me. I dabble. I dabble. Not a, I'm not a worship leader, but I dabble. Um, okay, here's this, the story of this band, Journey, who has had this longevity, but they've been through all of these different lead singers over the years, and in the end of 2007, they're looking for a new lead singer because they're, they, they wrote some songs, they've got a new album plan, they've got a new tour plan all around the U.S. and other countries in the world, but they're going, we don't even have a singer. So they're desperate, so they're looking for singers everywhere who could live up to the vocal standards that have been set before for the band Journey. And literally, the, one of the band members is so desperate, he's on YouTube looking for like Journey cover bands. Is there anybody that knows our music that could sing good? And he finds this guy, the end of 2007, who fits the bill. This guy's vocals are incredible, but he's from Manila in the Philippines. They're not even sure if he can speak English, right? A 40-year-old guy, but man, he sounds really good. And so they take a chance on him, and they bring him over, and they, um, they, they have him audition and everything. 
And um, basically, they give him the, ban the, the job of the new lead singer for Journey. But here's the story of this guy, because you got to watch the movie. The story's incredible. It's not like, oh, they got a new guy. Here's the deal. This guy's name is Arnel Pineda, right? And he's with the band Journey, and, and he's the oldest of four brothers, um, brought up in the Philippines, really poor situation. But then his mom died in, when he was in high school, or he was starting high school. So the family went bankrupt to pay off the medical bills. Um, the kids were all split up in different family members' homes. This guy, Arnell, from age 13, was actually homeless, living on the streets for a couple of years, completely just without anything. Um, he joined a band, and he started singing a little bit, but it's just a little local amateur band. Nothing really came out of it. Um, he started getting little odd jobs to make some money, support himself and, and his brothers and sister, or brothers, I think. He, along the way, as he's growing up, he had two, two kids from two broken relationships. So he's been kind of through some hurt. He got married in 2001, and then he started getting into some more successful bands. He started seeing success and recording albums and stuff, but in the Philippines, right, third world country. Um, so then in 20, 2007, uh, the guitarist from Journey finds him, discovers him, and in early 2008, he is officially the new lead singer for Journey, who has got, had a lot of uh, national recognition before, but now with this guy, Arnell, they have international recognition. His first live gig with the band Journey was in front of 18,000 people in a, a big old, you know, like uh, concert hall or where stadium or something like that. But it was also live streamed in front of 25 million people in South America. So the pressure that comes from this guy getting up on stage and doing this thing is intense. But I, I got I to gotta show you guys the video clip. You guys want to watch a video clip really quickly of Journey? It's super cool because when I first watched it, I'm like, no way that guy's really singing. That guy? Yeah, right. This is like a mockumentary, not a documentary, right? <laughs> but the reality of it is... It's legit. So watch the trailer for this movie really quickly with me so you guys can see what I'm talking about. His name is Arnel Pineda, or Pineda, I'm not sure. Anyway, he is incredible. And now Arnel is in the studio recording the new Journey album. He's going to be the lead singer of Journey. How cool is that? I just clicked like I'll give it one last push and I pushed it and you know Arnell popped up and I go the guy, I said to myself, and he was in Manila. <laughs> He'd been through a lot. Nobody in the band told me that he had been homeless. I had no idea, bro. When, you know, I was 13, he took us apart from Tulo with other homeless kids, you know, you know. Sometimes he would go to a, a burial. We would sing there, makikikain kami ng biscuit, kape just to survive. The legend lives on with a new frontman that will bring the Filipino dream to heights that have never been reached before. I think this is it. The band will last as long as he does. How's that? Is that cool? That is amazing. You got to watch the movie. Like, I mean, the, the vocals that are coming from this guy. And uh, I just promise you guys, this does relate to the sermon somehow, okay? So don't, don't check out it. What the heck? We're watching Journey in church today? I promise that there's a point. There's something that I got out of this. They grabbed this guy, though. You got to get, get the heart of this thing because I was impressed with the whole deal. But here's what impressed me more, what we're talking about today, is the guy's response 
to the people that took a chance in him, the people that believed in him, the leaders, the legends, people, he'd been covering their songs for years, he'd been idolizing this band, and now he gets to join them, and they're, they're bringing something out of him, but it says, one of the, one of the um, guys in the band said, it, we can't believe we pulled a guy from a third world country into the big circus, he's now an inter international band leader, and, and Arnell himself in the video, if you watch it, he says, I, I don't know, he goes, I'm not even cute, I'm short, I'm Asian, why would they pick me, right? <laughs> That's not racist, by the way. I'm actually part Filipino. How many of you guys knew that? My mom is literally almost half Filipino, so I got almost a quarter Filipino. So I, I, can, I can relate, right? That's my, that's my home country. I've actually been to Manila. It's pretty crazy. But here's this guy going, why would they pick me? But here's a couple of things I want to point out about this guy that I saw that was so cool. is The band believed in him. His leaders, in other words, right? We're talking about leaders and followers. His leaders, these legends go, we see something in this guy. He's going, but there's hundreds of other people that can sing good. And they go, no, you got something. And they believed in him and they pushed him. See, the, our spiritual leaders in our lives, Jesus has put them there to represent him so that they can lead us to a closer walk with him. Because Jesus believes in us. Jesus forgave us. Jesus heals us. Jesus is our anchor. And he goes, I'm putting people in your life to help you get there, to get to me. Does that make sense? And see, the job of a good leader is that they would see something in us. That they'd be able to pull something out of us, to believe in us, and to, to go, no, no, you go to Jesus and watch what's going to happen with your life. Here, come with me. I've been there already. I know it's good. And so the, the way that this band believed in this guy when he didn't believe in himself, he had, here's his response though. He had to trust them when times got really hard. He went on, on tour with the band. There was pressure. There was expectations. Uh, it says he was homesick. He, he dealt with loneliness, stage fright. He got up in front of all those people on that first concert. Two seconds before going on stage, he goes, uh, I don't want to do this. Can I go home? And they said, no, get out there. You know, you got to do it. And he went out there and he crushed it. And he just like instantly, wow, I, I can do this thing. They believed in him. But it was hard for him. He dealt with racism. Wait, Journey is all American band. Who are you? Go back to your country. People wrote him hate mail and all this stuff. He got tired and sick. You watch the movies on oxygen. He got sick. He wasn't sure if he could do the, the concerts. He pushed through. He had to learn how to um, pronounce the English words. He dealt with temptations, being away from his wife and kids. He had to change his whole diet. No dairy, no alcohol, no spicy food, because he had to guard his voice. He was singing for hours at a time every single night. No talking. He wasn't even allowed to talk. But the other ways that he responded was he used the blessing that he'd been given, what they were telling him to do and teaching him. He used it to bless other people. He stayed humble. He never got big head. He actually started a foundation back in Manila to help impoverished kids get off the streets, get an education, get medical help, get food, get supplies. He's, he's going, this isn't all about me here. I'm, I, can't, I can't believe how blessed I am to be here. He responded well to the people that were investing in him. Do you guys get what I'm, I'm after here? You watch this movie. He honored them, and he did whatever that they told him to do. In fact, I was reading an article here that was talking about Steve Perry, the, the earlier lead singer, and there's a possibility for him to, to kind of come out of retirement and maybe do shows and maybe get with the band again. And you know what Arnell said? He said, I think he should do it. I'll gladly step away and step down and let Steve come back and have his righteous place among the band. I want them to be happy. They're the ones that are doing all this. I'll do whatever they tell me to do. I'm just blessed to be here. His attitude stayed right in the whole process, and he honored those people that it took the time to believe in him and invest in him. You guys see where this is getting? It actually has a biblical point. Now you guys can go, oh, okay, I thought my pastor was getting out there, showing videos from Journey. It actually relates. Here's how it relates. Look at Hebrews, and we're going to be in chapter 13, but let's start in verse 7 here, what it talks to about leaders, it talks to us about leaders. Here's the thing that I know in my life, because I am a leader, right? I'm a pastor, and so I'm, I'm required to be a leader, but there's people I follow. There's people that I hold near and dear to whose words I hang on because they love me, because they invest in me, because they're pushing me towards Jesus. They're bringing things out of, out of my life that I didn't think I was capable of doing. And they encourage me, and they give me confidence, and they, they always are leading me to Jesus Christ. And I love that. I need that in my life. Even though if I look back on my life, like many of us have, I've had a string of a lot of leaders that have actually let me down. They maybe started off good and made compromises one way or another, and they've let me down, and I, and I could go and get depressed and go, I don't want to trust leaders anymore. I, I don't trust anybody because they don't do this. However, when the minute I do that, 
I stop being teachable and humble because I think I'm good enough and I know enough and I don't want anyone else speaking into my life. Are you guys hearing me? For Jesus to work and move in our lives, we have to stay submitted. We have to stay teachable. We have to stay humble. So we have to watch out for the maybe leaders that have let us down, but you got to latch on to people. You're going to speak into your life. There's people in this church, take me out to lunch or coffee or whatever. And I'm just listening and I'm absorbing because I want to be teachable all the time. And the other side of being a good follower isn't just about me, but as I'm a good follower and I respond well, you know what I'm doing? I'm empowering that leader to continue being a good leader because I'm responding well to the instruction and everything they're giving. Basically, I'm going, keep doing what you're doing. This is really good. This is good stuff. All the stuff you're giving me, give to other people as well. You're empowering the leaders, but you're also learning to be a good follower. Hebrews 13, 7. Here's, I'm going to give you guys five things today about how to respond to godly leaders in our lives, okay? Spiritual leaders. This isn't just talking about general authority figures. The Bible does talk about that. But in this passage, those people that are either your pastors, your church leaders, your mini church leaders, just the people in your life that are friends that are maybe a few steps forward beyond you in their maturity in Jesus Christ that know God a little bit better. Here's how we ought to respond to them. Chapter 13, verse 7 says, number one, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and then follow the example of their faith. He's kind of talking past tense here. Because remember back in your life, people that have gone before you that have taught you valuable life lessons. Think about those things. Respond to those lessons that you've learned. See, I had youth pastors early on in life, different, different examples and models that Jesus put in my life to help lead me to him. And I can think of one guy in particular that just had this gift of evangelism. He had a love for the lost. Everywhere we went, he was talking to people about Jesus Christ. He couldn't help it. There was, there was times that he took us on a camp up in the mountains, and we drove all the way down to Waikiki to go street witnessing, to go sharing our faith with people on the street. And I was so scared to do that, but I was watching and learning the example that he was setting in my life. I saw him once. We were sitting out in the water in Waikiki surfing, and he started talking to a guy out in the water. And he, he made friends with him. He introduced him. Then he paddled in, and the guy paddled in together. We all paddled in about half an hour later. By the time we got in, my friend goes, hey, I want to introduce you to this guy. Da, 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 da. Hey, he just became a Christian. And we're like, what? He goes, why don't you guys welcome him into the family? And we're like, wow, how cool is that? And I thought, man, that leader, that spiritual leader in my life imparted something into my life that I'm thankful for that I try to practice to this day which is a love for the last, the lost, and the least. That we're never, ever, well, me, I can talk for me, I'm never gonna be a pastor of a church that simply sits around and feeds the people that are already going to heaven. That's part of my mission. But I gotta be well balanced always with the fact that Jesus' final words before leaving were, make sure you tell everybody. Make sure, great commission, you go into all the world making disciples of all men. That's great. You empower and you equip the Christians. Make them stronger. But don't forget about the people that don't know me. Amen? Part of who I am is because of these spiritual leaders that I remember back in my life. The professor that gave me a love for missions. He'd been to almost, almost every country in the world. And he would come back with all these stories and the fact that he almost died several times in reaching people with Jesus Christ. And he said, there's a world out there that needs to know you need to go on mission trips. And part of my life is I've been to Japan over 20 times and I've been to the Philippines. I've been to different places and, and I want to go more. And part of what they've taught me is what I teach you and what I challenge my church and any Christian I meet is every Christian should go on one mission trip in their lifetime. That's what I believe. I believe that every one of us should have a heart and a love for the rest of this world and go at least one time, get out of your comfort zone and go to a completely foreign place and understand and, and learn to serve God and meet the need that is out there that not every nation is like America where God is so freely talked about. There is a lot of difficult places and we just need to get uncomfortable for Jesus. But those leaders in my life, I think back and I remember and I go, man, they taught me some lessons. Then it says beyond just remembering and thinking about that, you know, the second thing it says is follow their example. Follow the example of their faith. Literally the word follow example here, right here, it, when it says in scripture, follow the example of their faith, it means this, imitate their faith. It means to mimic, that you look at the example of someone as a Christian and you say, I want to be a Christian the way that that person is a Christian. Now, very different here than just saying, I want to be a person like that person is a good person. Because the focus isn't on the person. Who's the focus on? Jesus. The person, we're talking about spiritual leaders here today. We're talking about godly leaders. So it's basically this in, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where the apostle Paul 
is writing this to the Corinthian church, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. The focus isn't on Paul. The focus is on follow the person that is following Christ well, and you try to follow Christ well in that way as well. You guys get what I'm saying? That we need to have people in our lives, because I meet with people, and I go, man, I'm, uh, I, uh, you're pastors, and I could talk theology with you. We could talk about Bible verses and all that, but you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the way that that person leads their family in a godly way. I want to lead my family in a godly way like that. I'm looking at that person over there. They seem to have a good handle on their money and they're generous and the way they tithe, but also the way they, they're good stewards of, man, the way that you godly manage your money, I want my life to be like that. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? You, we got to imitate these people that have invested in our lives. My son Recently, we've been surfing a lot together. Well, recently, we've been, we've been busy the past couple of weeks, but we try to surf as much as we can together. It's, it's giving me an opportunity to get back in the water. He loves surfing, but this is what I'm starting to understand is my son is kind of learning this concept of imitating dad in the surfing. Like he, he, uh, he goes and he sits the way I sit in the water and he tries to paddle the right spots. And he asked me, dad, when you're my age, how big of waves did you surf? And I go, hmm, when I was your age, well, I remember one time getting caught in eight feet. And he goes, oh, eight feet? Oh, I see him taking mental notes. I want to be like that. I got to go surf eight feet now, right? And he's like, he's thinking, how can I copy? Dad, where have you surfed before? Like when you were my age, where did you surf? And I go, oh, I surfed here and here. And he's like making lists. I got to surf that place. I got to surf that. He's imitating me, right? You guys get what I'm saying here? To the point where... He's seen old pictures of me surfing and everything like that. He's, he saw one of these pictures I have hanging in my office of me in 1986 with a Dawn Patrol out to Haleiwa or somewhere. You guys want to see this picture? Look at this picture when my son looks out at me. Okay. See me right there on the bottom and my friend uh, Tom Francis with the bowl haircut? That's us. That's my board. And these are a bunch of the crew in my life. And this, that's actually Debbie Lawton right there. She's on staff with us. That's back when she had long hair and everything. But these are a bunch of the crew that I went surfing with, like, when I was around my son's age. So my son sees this picture, and he sees me, and he goes, whose board is that? And I go, oh, that's my board from back in the day. He said praise on it. It was really cool. That's my board in back in the day. Check this out. I walk into the garage the other day, see him with paint pens drawing on his board. <laughs> How cool is that, Yeah. And you know what? That, that wasn't just like, oh, yeah, that's funny. I was like, wow, my son's watching me. He's imitating me. And see, that's a good heart of a good follower is that you want to be like that person. Not just like that person, but the way that they follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So I want to imitate their faith, other people's faith. See, Elisha in the Bible, he was the understudy of the prophet Elijah. Elijah walked around speaking prophetic words, doing miracles, letting people know about the kingdom of heaven, about God's love for them. Elisha followed, and he wanted to be like him so much that Elijah was about to be taken up to heaven. Literally didn't even die. He just got taken in a chariot of fire. You can read the story in 1 Kings. And he says this. He goes, hey, I know where I'm going. I know what's about to happen here. I'm going to go to be with the Lord. Elisha, is there anything I can do for you? And Elisha just boldly says this, I'd like a double portion of your spirit, of the blessing and the work of God in your life, the way that you live your life for God. I want double that, and I want to be your follower, your successor. Here's a guy that wanted to imitate. Now, we can look at that and we go, oh, selfish. Well, you want double what he had? No, I think it's a godly concept that he's saying, the way that you follow God, I want to follow God like that. In fact, I want to do it double. I want to do it better. Did you know that God actually granted his request? If you read in the scriptures, it says that Elijah, in, in biblical record, um, it's reported he did 14 supernatural miracles. And it says of Elisha's life, he did 28. He literally got what he's asking for. Because I believe God is saying, that's a good thing to imitate someone's life who is following God and you see the fruit of, of God in their life, that you would want your life to be like that. In fact, to ask that it would be even better. I want double portion. Because I'll tell you this right now, I want my son to be a better Christian than I have already been, right? The mark of any good follower is, or the mark of any good leader is that their followers would actually go beyond where they've gone in their life. So are you guys hearing me on that? So I think it's a good thing for us to say, God, who are the people in my life that I look to? I want my life to be like them. I, I want to follow them as they are following Christ, that we would follow well, that we would be led well. I think of in, in Scripture... Um, the fact that it, it tells us to imitate people's good examples. But then I look in scripture at some points where 
Hmm. You actually follow and look at people's bad example, you can actually learn from a leader's bad example as well. Here's what I mean by that. You should only follow and imitate a good godly example, but you gotta be aware and be careful when that good example might be compromised or turn sour or that leader might have gotten ego or pride or something might have crept in. Be careful to know when to say when. Are you guys hearing me? Don't just be blindly led astray. There's a point in scripture in Acts 5.29 where Peter the apostles were out preaching and doing miracles in the name of Jesus. And their spiritual leaders who they were under their authority at the time, some of the the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, the temple officials told them, Hey, um, we're your leaders, and follow us. And Peter and Apostle said, yeah, we will. We like your example. And then they said, and this is what we don't want you doing. You need to stop preaching and teaching in the name of that guy, Jesus. And that's where Peter and the Apostle said, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, what did you just say? Hey, we're following you in the way you serve God, but wait, what? Don't follow Jesus? And here's what they replied with in verse 29. Peter and the Apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Let me tell you, there's times when our leaders fail us and we got to know when to put the brakes on and be aware of, I'll follow your good example, but I'm not going to follow your bad example. We don't have to go along with it just because they're our leader and we respect them. There's a point you might have to take a stand and go, you know what, up until that point right there, I, I can't imitate that anymore. But on the other side, this is what I want you to be careful about. When there is a spiritual leader in your life that maybe is doing something that is a mistake or is wrong or is outright in sin or something like that, don't just write them off completely. Don't just judge them and don't just ignore them. Here's what I believe. I believe that sometimes God puts us under authority that may have gone bad and we can learn just as much from the bad example as we can from the good example. Too many times we want to go, no, I'm not going to be with that guy anymore. Here's what I want to say is observe them still and learn because there's two ways of learning from one person. I can learn what to do and I can learn what not to do. Sometimes God might have you intentionally, you ever thought about that? God might have intentionally put you under someone's authority that is not so good because he wants to see your integrity and your character in learning the opposite of what to do, learning what not to do. Isn't that kind of trippy? Here's what I think about when I think of this story. Is in, I think it's in 2 Kings, or no, no, I'm sorry, it's in, it's in 1 Samuel. You look at King Saul. He was a, he was a great king, you know, for, for a while. And then he started to let uh, pride creep in. He started to let arrogance and ego, started to disregard the things of God, the instructions of God. He started to become jealous of young David. You guys remember David killed Goliath and Saul started getting jealous of him. It was his own armor bearer, his own like guy that would play the harp for him and soothe him and everything. But he started getting mad because he started letting pride and stuff creep in started throwing spears at David, trying to kill him. But all of this time, as, as Saul was spiraling downward, there was David in the side watching. And I believe he was learning from a bad example as much as you can learn from a good example. Because it said David went on to be the greatest king of Israel, to be a man after God's own heart, to be a mighty warrior, to be a leader among the people, to write about 78 to 80 of the 150 psalms that are in the Bible. He became this poet, this songwriter, this great leader. Yeah, he screwed up towards the end of his life, but even then he repented and came back. I believe this. I believe David was learning from a bad example. And sometimes you're going to have people in your life that you're going, man, they're letting me down. And it would be so easy to just completely ignore it. But I say this, just watch and learn what not to do. Pray for those people that their hearts would turn. Try to speak to them. Try to get them back. But at some point, you have to step back and go, I'm still learning. I'm still becoming a better man because somebody else kind of blew it and was a bad example I can still learn what not to do. It's just an interesting concept I've had to deal with that my whole life is you learn from the good and you can learn from the bad, but follow their example, imitate. Then in verse 17, we drop down. It talks about this. A couple more things is obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they're accountable to God. So give them reason to do this with joy, not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Here's number three on the list of being a good follower is respond to their instruction. It says it right there, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. The word used in scripture here really is submit. That means to yield your ideas, your thoughts on the matter. If there's a spiritual leader in your life, a friend, a mini church shepherd, a pastor, whatever, speaking into your life, it says that you should 
listen and you should yield your life. I want to do it this way, but you know what? I trust that guy. They, they, they push me towards the things of God. I've seen the fruit in their life. And you know what? I'm going to yield my way to allowing their way to come into my life. It's simple. It's just do what people say. If they're your trusted leader, nothing's going to change in your life. All they're trying to speak to is to your benefit. I look at it like this. My son, again, great stories about my kids. I get all kinds of stories with my kids all the time. My son's 13 years old, and currently he's not real fond of taking showers. Anybody got a kid like that? Just don't have time to get wet, right? I'm like, I don't, it's not a big deal. It's good. It's here to benefit you, right? And he's just like, no. And I walk in the other day and in the morning, hey, hey, Isaac, wake up. Time for school. Yeah. Take a shower. I don't have time for a shower. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, you showered last night, right? Oh, no. I mean, you showered yesterday morning at least? No. I'm like, okay. Day before, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. You're disgusting. I just tell him, right? That's gross, man. I go, it's, it's not benefiting you in any way to not take a shower. Just take a shower. You're, you're stink. Mom doesn't like you sitting on the couch. You went skateboarding on the half pipe all day. You come home and just sprawl off. You're smelling up the couch. She's saying more than the dog even. Come on. Like, you're going to get a rash. I don't know. Like, you're going to get ukus. Like, dude. No girls are going to like you. I'm trying every tactic. That's not a tan. That's dirt. You need to shower, right? Come on, just shower. It's going to benefit your life. But here, think about this. Too many times in our lives, people that we love, that we trust, that we know are leading us towards Jesus, they come in and they say stuff like, a woman caught me at the door like a month or so ago. Yeah, I'm going through all of this stuff. Pastor, what should I do? Right, get close to Jesus. That's, that's all I'm here to say. If I'm a spiritual leader, it's that you would look at me and you would see Jesus. Just Get close to Jesus. Read your Bible. Start praying. Start hanging out with other Christian friends. Keep coming to church. Get in fellowship. Ask him what he should do in your life. Get close to Jesus. That's my answer for everything. Sorry that I got like a short list of solutions in life. It's got one thing on it. Find Jesus. Get close to Jesus, right? Book of Hebrews, stay anchored. So I tell her this. I pray for her. She goes on her way. Comes back a few weeks later. Hey, I haven't seen you. How's, how's everything going? Oh, the same. It's kind of worse. Well, what should I do? I'm like, I, I thought I already told you what to do, right? Can you pray for me? I said, okay, you've been reading your Bible? Oh, no, I tried that already. Well, he tried that already one time. What? That's, no, it's an ongoing relationship, right? So you need to read your Bible. You've been praying? Yeah, I prayed a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, right? And then uh, you're going to church? I haven't seen you. No, I haven't really, I've been busy. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm wasting my breath. You want me to pray for you again here? Prayers aren't going to work. Uh, all of my instructions aren't going to work unless you actually do what I'm asking you to do. I'm trying to help you about doing it. Are you guys getting that? Do we want to blame everybody else doesn't want to listen? But we're like that sometimes too. People speak into our lives and we're like, yeah, 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 it's a good idea. But then that's, ever, that's all it ever is, a good idea. Because you don't put the work in. Isaac, would you please take a shower? You'll smell good. It will benefit your life greatly, right? Leaders speaking into people's lives. We need to listen. God put them there. We trust them. We trust and we see that God is good and he's, he's been faithful in their lives and they've spoken good things in our lives, then let's just be obedient. Respond well to instruction. Here's a fourth thing. When you do that, do it with joy. Give them joy. Give your leaders cause for joy and not cause for stress. In other words, would you appreciate the people that are actually blessing your life and leading you closer to Jesus? Would you remember to, to thank them? Would you remember to give them compliments, to, to be specific, to build them up? Would you, like someone, someone baked me two pumpkin pies the other week. I'm like, wow, I'm I can lead with joy because someone is making me pumpkin pies. <laughs> that kind of thing. It sounds silly, but I mean, really, is that the God has put people in our lives and they're accountable to him, right? They got to deal with God. Are you leading my people well? God, I'm trying my hardest with integrity. And that us as leaders, and we're trying our best, but us as followers need to say, we're trying our best to follow well, to appreciate our, to give them cause for joy, right? Because you don't want to see people walking around going, oh, I got to lead another Bible study. Here we go. I hate these people. <laughs> That's terrible, <laughs> right? You want people to be like, I'm so stoked to be with you guys here tonight. God's given me a word. You know what? Prop them up. Give them appreciation. Give them compliments, what they need. Um, trust them. Kill gossip about them. Don't let division start. These people are trying their hardest. Don't assume everything about them. If you disagree, if you're sitting in here today and you disagree with something I say, I get it. I'm human. I put my foot in my mouth. I say all kind of weird stuff. But you know what I'd appreciate is that you would just talk to me about it instead of talking about me. You guys get what I'm trying to say? And this isn't a personal thing here because there's leaders that I follow too. 
but I want to make sure that I'm letting them know. Someone, one of my, my friends that that's, I look at as a spiritual leader in my life texted me this morning. Hey, have a good day. Go get them. Do your best. Up there. Ah, thank you. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that you would take the time to text me before church started this morning. Let people know. Have their back. Don't assume. Be honest with people. Don't come complaining. If you got questions, ask them honestly, but don't come in attack mode. Like, make it easy for people to want to lead. Here's one thing I think is so disappointing, is that we pass out all these prayer request cards every week, right? They're in the seat back in front of you. Fill out a prayer request. And people get that prayer request, and you know what they do? Complaint list. That's not what it's for. It's so that we can pray with you and for you for your needs. And instead, every once in a while, we get someone that's up there like, I don't like that Trevor should be wearing that hat today. I think it's really unflattering. I'm just using it as an example. But we get weird stuff. I don't know about the color of the paint on the walls. Really? Come on, man. Don't use the prayer cards where we're trying to bless you and lead you and be on your side. Don't come at us with complaints. I get anonymous hate mail sometimes, every once in a while. No name attached, can't figure out the email address or the return to sender, whatever card, but just people just dissing me and just tearing me apart. Thanks a lot, you know, like, if you're unhappy, just leave. Don't, don't run your mouth at me. Like, you know, like, appreciate the leaders or at least talk to them to the point where you want to build them up and give them cause for joy because we're all human, right? We need to do this stuff. Have their back. It's good to know that I've got people that I'm trying to lead that actually have my back, that they're there to protect me and guard against harm in my life. I went surfing a couple weeks ago. I went out to the west side, and it was just me and Pastor Lance. You guys know Pastor Lance, Lasconia? Awesome guy to have your back right there. So I'm out, I'm out with him on the west side, and we paddle out to this spot. The waves are good, and it was only me and him in the water. It was crazy. Like, wait, only two of us? Thank you, Lord. And the waves are good. First couple waves, just big barrels. I'm like, yeah, you know, and then just getting rolled and tumbled, and it just feels good to get beat up sometimes by the ocean. I just love it. Break my leash, board goes into the rocks, the whole deal. I'm like, oh no, gotta swim in, get the board. It's not that bad, but no more leash. I can't paddle back out. Sitting in the truck, watching Lance, just, wish, oh man, I wish I could be out there. I remember I got extra leash in the car, so I get the leash, paddle back out. I'm not gonna let that ruin my day. I'm out here. We had a good time sharing waves. Later on in the day, some more guys came out. Guys, you could tell was their spot. They knew exactly where to sit, the whole deal, and they're eyeballing us like, what are you guys doing here, you know? Especially me, right? And so I'm sitting out there and um, trying to be cool, trying to give everybody waves and trying to just be like super respectful and stuff. And um, one of the guys, this, this one guy was just eyeballing me. Just I could tell like, oh, he's not happy that I'm here, but I'll stay out of his way and it's all good. He catches a big wave. He rides it in, and he's coming kind of towards me, and it's right about to close out, and he's about to pull out with his board. And there's tons of room, but for some reason, he wants to come straight at me. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't have to do this. In my head, I'm just thinking, there's so many ways that you can get out of this wave, and you're just going to come flying right at me. Literally, I see the, the board coming right at me. There's a whole ocean all around. He could have left the wave anywhere, but he comes right at me. And sure enough, the board just misses me, but he flies in the air and just body slams my legs. Boom! And I'm just like, ah! But underwater, I'm just like praying instantly, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? This is crazy. How do you want me to respond to this? I'm not going to show that like I'm hurt because I don't want him to see the weakness in me, right? You know, someone, come on up, you know? And I'm thinking, do I like yell at this guy and tell him, wow, what are you doing? How come you do this? Because I know not that I'm going to confront him, but I could yell at him and I could call Lance over super fast and paddle away. And let Lance deal with it. Lance grew up on the west side. He, he can take care of that guy, no problem. I thought about it for a minute. I thought, mm, probably not. It's probably not a good thing. I'm a pastor. So I came up, and the guy's looking at me, and I'm like, hey, sorry, did I get in your way? You know? And, and he's like, sorry. And he, like, kind of starts to paddle away or whatever, and I'm just thinking, oh, you know what? Kill him with kindness. Kill him with kindness. guy's paddling in a way, and I just paddle next to him. Hey, that was a really good wave you caught there, though. I saw that. It was good. And he just, like, you know, and just paddles away. So I get in on the beach a little while after that, keep surfing. Um, me and Lance are walking up to the car. We're well away from where they are, and that's when I tell Lance, hey, the guy body slammed me in the water. He's like, what? <laughs> and all of the west side upbringing in, in Lance just rose up, and he's like, you like me beat him up? And for a second, I got to admit, I considered it. I was like, it'd be kind of fun to watch. It'd be kind of, people can't tell I'm a pastor. I could jump in the truck and hide and just watch, you know, but nah, nah, nah. I said, nah, kill him with kindness. And he's like, oh, 
nobody does that to my pastor. And I was like, oh, yeah. But you know what? You know what the, the moral of that story is? It feels good to know people have your back. It is a joy to lead people that have your back, that appreciate you, that love you, that are going to stand in the gap and defend you. Are you guys hearing me? And I'm a leader, but I want to be that guy to the people that lead me. And I want us to all remember and know who the leaders are in our lives that lead us to Jesus Christ because it's a heavy deal. They're accountable to God. They love us. They care for us. They want our best interest. Even if they have to challenge you and confront you, submit and yield and go, I trust God that that person is speaking for you. Now, if they start showing bad fruit in their life, compromising, no, that's when you say no. But if you can trust that person, then would you respond and would you appreciate them and would you give them joy in what they do? Then verse 18 says this. This is the most powerful one. Number five, pray for us. Pray for our conscience is clear and we want to live honorably in everything that we do. Prayer, this is the big one. This is the best way you can respond to people that have invested in your life. Pray for them. For right or wrong, they have a heavy responsibility. They want to keep their conscience clean. You pray to help make that happen. Make sure that the Holy Spirit is convicting them, is keeping them strong, is staying plugged in in their lives, that they're receiving from God, that you'd protect them from all physical, spiritual, financial, whatever material attacks that may come against these leaders. Because when you call yourself a leader for God, you're the biggest target of the enemy. Because if he wants to wipe out the army of God, he's going to go after the generals. He's going to go after the officers. He's, he's not always going to waste time with people. Oh, they're just finding Jesus. Yeah, I want to take him out. But if I take out that guy, I can wipe out a whole bunch of his followers. Are you guys hearing me? So I value your prayers. I absolutely value your prayers. It does so much in my life. There's a guy that Tom talked about earlier, Noah, that's in Barcelona, Spain. I love Noah. Noah's one of our shining examples. One of the, the guys, myself, my wife, Tom, we poured into him for years. And man, this kid loves Jesus and he's out there changing the world. He's doing big stuff. Showed you that picture of him at Thanksgiving. We got that picture handy. There he is. He's out there meeting his community house. He's reaching people on the streets, on the beaches. Noah's doing a good work. So proud of this guy. Received his newsletter with all of his updates. Just so stoked, praying for him. Told him, Noah, we love you. We support you. We're praying for you. And you know what I get back? I get an email back that says, Carl, I'm keeping up on all the sermons. Um, I'm praying for you guys, and I love you guys and support you guys and all that you do. And then he, he actually took a picture of his prayer list, and he showed me this on the screen. He showed me that there's all his family first that you can't see and all the, the people he's associated with, but right there, second on the list after family, is Hope Chapel. And at the top of the list, Carl and Kanani and family by name. You know what that does for me? That is a lot for me to know that I've invested in Noah and I'm a leader to Noah, but here's Noah, a follower, going, I know how to respond. I know how to support those people. I know how to appreciate them. They're doing a big thing for God. The enemy's got a target on their backs, but I'm gonna pray for my leaders. I'm gonna make sure that they can keep reaching people the way that they reach me. That's a big deal. Would you remember to pray for the leaders in your church? Jesus said this. He was quoting Zechariah 13, verse seven. He said, if you strike down the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered. You knock out a leader, you knocked out all of their followers. Are you guys hearing me? That you knock out a leader, you are affecting the followers. So what do we do? We pray. We pray blessing. We pray protection. We pray favor. We pray that their heart never gets corrupted. We pray that they're being downloaded from the Holy Spirit every single day so that they can lead us and they can lead other people. Because like I said in the beginning of the sermon, just because you're a follower, you need to realize you're also a leader. There's people watching you, and you would want that to be happening in your life, that people are praying for you and allowing you to get stronger so that you can have a voice into people's lives. So pray for your leaders. And then he says even in verse 19, especially pray that I'll be able to come back to you soon. You know what I love about the author of Hebrews is that he was a good leader. I know it by this when he says, pray that I'll be able to come back to you soon. You know what he's saying is, I love being with you guys. I want to be with you. I'm over here traveling and I'm doing all of this. But there's a good leader because he actually wants to be with his followers. There's some leaders that I've seen that love their position more than they love their people. And I don't ever want to be a leader like that. So would we pray that our leaders continue to have a love for the people they minister to and not get caught up and blinded in the position of leadership? But remember that they're here to meet people's needs. It's all about people finding Jesus. Amen? That's a good leader right there. Then he ends with this. Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, our anchor, the great shepherd of our sheep, the one that ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may this God equip you with all that you need for doing his will 
May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ. Again, he pulls no punches. It's all about Jesus. Every good thing that's pleasing to him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to pay attention to what I've written in this brief exhortation. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released from jail. If he comes here soon, I will bring him with me to see you. Greet all your leaders and all the believers there. Did you know in a lot of the other letters, it just ends with, greet all the believers there. Greet your brothers and sisters. I think he's making a point again to say, and greet your leaders. Don't forget about your leaders. Love on your leaders. The believers from Italy send you their greetings, and may God's grace be with you all. I think this is a sermon today about how to respond well to the people that God has put in our life to specifically help us find Jesus Christ. We want to stay anchored to Jesus. Number one, he gives us the great helper, the Holy Spirit that lives in us. But number two, Christianity is a team sport. We need our gang. We need all the different roles in that gang. And some of them are leaders. And we need to make sure that we are thankful, that we are teachable, and that we're allowing them to be all that God has called them to be. Here's a challenge for this week, okay? Here's an action that I want you to do. I want you to do actually two things. I would love for you to think of the people in your life that you consider your spiritual leaders. Could be your friends that are just more mature in the faith that you listen to all the time. Could be your mini church pastors or or shepherds. Could be us in the church. I would love it if I'm in that list as well. Here's what I want you to do. Think of those names. Pray for them every single day this week. Hopefully it'll become a habit that you do all the time. But at least for this week, would you respond to this message and go, I'm gonna pray God's blessing, his favor, his purity, his, his power on the lives of all those people that have invested in me and made me the Christian that I am today. And secondly, if you got the courage, if you got the time, would you send them either a text, an email, a phone call, or face-to-face and thank them for what they've imparted into your life in Jesus' name? And I'm not just talking about, hey, thanks for being a good leader. Would you be specific? Let them know that they're doing a good job. Thank you for the time I was able to call you at three in the morning and you walked me through that trial that I was having in my family. Hey, thank you so much for guiding me into working out this problem in my new position as a manager, blah, blah, blah. Be specific. Take the time to actually thank someone for what they've really done in your life. Is that good? Man, the the mark of a a good leader is that they're good followers. And if if we want to be good leaders, it starts with being good followers and being humble. So let's let's do that this week. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would um, continue to create us to be good followers. Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, we take a minute right now just to thank you for all the leaders in our lives, all the people that have been part of our journey, that have led us closer to you that you've used them in miraculous ways in our lives, Lord, that um, it's hard sometimes and we need some, some wisdom and some insight. We need to follow leaders. The definition of a leader is anyone that's been there before you, someone that's walked down that path ahead of us and they're a little bit uh, more experienced or, or, or have more wisdom or more qualified in the walk of faith. Lord, thank you for those people. Would you bless them right then now, Father, and cover them, give them a great week, Father? Keep them strong, empower them to keep doing what they do. Lord, we just thank you for them, and, and we, just, we just ask that you would just bless them abundantly, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that um, if there's anybody in the room here today that you've never, you've never made that first step in a commitment towards Jesus Christ, towards a God that loves you, and he's trying to get a hold of you, and he's trying to fix your life, and trying to give you an eternity with him, and you're here today, and you've been kind of, I don't know, maybe you're thinking about it, or this sermon has got you thinking or you realize that your life isn't where you'd like it to be, but you realize somehow, some way, that God has a plan for you and he loves you and he's trying to draw you into a relationship with him. It's not gonna be all weird and religious. It's gonna be relational and loving and personal. That God just wants to fix what's broken. He wants to bring healing. He wants to give you hope for a better life, not just in eternity, but here and now. He wants to move in your life and do good things. And if that's you, I'd love to say a prayer with you right now, just leading into that first step, that defining moment where you say yes to God and everything that he has for you. Basically, we're gonna pray a prayer right now where you say, God, I wanna be a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to be a Christian. I want all that you have for me. It's a step of faith, but I'm willing to change the view of me living my life on my own for for the, the, the awesome opportunity to live my life and my eternity for you and all that you have for me. And if you'd like to do that right now and and to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ, I wanna say a prayer with you. I'm gonna pray the words out loud. I'm gonna ask you to do this, that you just pray quietly under your breath the, the words that I'm gonna say. You make them your own in your heart.
I, I think it'd be kind of scary maybe for you right now to, to pray out loud in front of all these people, but that can come after service. After service, you can go and tell people you pray this prayer, but first step is a heart issue. God judges us on our hearts and he wants our hearts. So I'm gonna pray a prayer out loud. If you wanna pray with me to become a Christian and receive all that God has for you, you pray along with me in your heart of hearts. But I wanna ask one thing. I just wanna know who I get the opportunity to pray with this morning. And how you're gonna let me know that you're praying with me is that everybody has their eyes closed and their heads bowed. But if you wanna say this prayer with me so that I would know that we're praying here together, I'm gonna to count to three and I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand until I see it. I just wanna know who I get the privilege of praying with this morning. So on the count of three, would you just lift your hand and then we'll say the prayer together. One, two, three. Is there anybody? Keep them up. I see one, I see two, I see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Looking around, I saw at least 10 people. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and put your hands down. If that was you, this is your prayer right now. I'm gonna say the words out loud. You own this in your heart and you speak it to God in your heart. God, I'm here today sitting in this service and I realize that I have a need for you. I realize, Lord, that you've got plans for my life and you wanna do good things. You wanna keep me anchored to Jesus. And Lord, I don't know 100% what that means, but what I hear in that is that there's hope that there's someone that loves me, there's someone that forgives me, there's someone that could change my life. Lord, like no one else on this planet ever could, and that person is you. God, I wanna connect with you. I wanna be a Christian, I wanna follow you. So I'm asking, Lord, right now that you would have your way in me and you begin to change me. Lord, as I commit to you in my heart right now, that I will follow you. I believe what Jesus did in coming to this earth 2,000 years ago, going to that cross to pay the price for my sin and my separation from you, God that he paid the price so that I won't have to, that he, he gave his own life to buy back my freedom and my relationship with you. And then he went a step further. He did what only he could do. He rose from the dead on the third day, over, overcame death and sin and shame and guilt and all the strongholds and the baggage and all the junk in my life. Lord, he defeated it at the cross so that I can have freedom. And so, Lord, I thank you for what he did for me. I thank you for the fact that Lord, from this day forward, I don't have to fear death because I know where I'm going when I die for all eternity. I know that you're going to give me the power of your Holy Spirit in my life to make changes and to do things that are miracles that I could have never seen happen before. Lord, I, I promise to stay in church and to, to be a part of your family and have people in my life that would lead me and speak into my life and help me. Lord, as I, I get a Bible and start reading it, I understand your whole story throughout history. Lord, I just want to know you. I, I I, I commit to getting water baptized when I can sometime soon, Lord, just to kind of identify with you dying for my sins, Lord. It's like me going under the, the water, going under the grave, dying to the old person and becoming a new creation in you. Lord, everything you have for me right now, the cry of my heart is yes. I want to follow you. I want all that you have. Thank you for loving me and accepting me and changing my eternity this minute. And in Jesus' name, the church says Amen. Amen. Can we praise God for about 10 people this morning? Yes.